0: Hello, so my guest today is the founder of the Aphantasia Coaching Academy and prominent voice for neurodiversity in coaching, highlighting the transformative potential of coaching neurodivergent individuals. Welcome to the show, Sassy Smith.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Very welcome. I mean, it's taken us a long time to get here. <laughs> it has. <laughs> Life has very much jumped <laughs> in the way, hasn't it, on several occasions of <laughs> it
1: really has Uh,
0: uh, thank you so much for putting the time to be here today um that was a very very brief introduction um to to what you do and how you help people so please tell the listeners a bit more about yourself
1: yeah so i'm sassy and i'm an affant um and for anybody who doesn't know what that means um i have afantasia. aphantasia is the inability to create mental images on demand and I teach coaches and other professionals how to work with people like me who have limited access to our inner world. I am also a coach um, and yeah, and a trainer and a speaker. And mm. I'm just sharing this with the world because there's lots of people out there who have never heard of aphantasia um, but potentially may have aphantasia, which is not necessarily a bad thing.
0: No, no, definitely not a bad thing. It's interesting because when we, when I first met you, I saw you. I met you at coaching networking, Mm. Uh, and when you started talking about, oh yeah, I've I've got, I've had clients like this that I've worked Mm. with in the past. And again, I didn't have any idea that there was a, there was a label for it. I'm sure there must have been, but I never really kind of understood it. So, tell me a little bit more about the work that you do. In helping maybe coaches understand this process, and I, and your, as in the, in the introduction, I said your promotion of of this yeah. as as a as a helping tool for people.
1: Yeah, so I think to to kind of explain what I do and why I do it, uh, we have to sort of look a little bit back at when I discovered that I had aphantasia. So, oh. um, so I've been coaching on and off um throughout my career. Um, whether it was through managing people and then becoming a qualified coach myself. And uh, and I was always really aware of the fact that the coaching tools that I used with my clients mostly worked. I'm going to say mostly because in hindsight, I recognize that I will have been coaching people like me and therefore their experience would have been the same as mine. Mm -hmm. But those things didn't work for me. I couldn't find a coach who could get the same transformative results that I was able to get with my clients. And I knew that they could get with their clients. It was really, really confusing. And most of the time I would think, God, it must be me or maybe it's them. Mm you know, Maybe they're just not very good. Maybe their tools are not very good. And then in 2015, I read a Facebook post and the Facebook post was all about how uh, this man had gone in for an operation on his heart and had woken up not being able to visualise.
0: Okay.
1: And I was, I'm reading this article with interest, and then I kind of got to the end of it and thought, I'm going to have to read that again, because I'm sure mm. that said that that he was actually creating images in his mind before he went into the operation, and now he isn't. Okay. And... And I, so I read it again. And then I think I pretty much asked everybody I knew well, to create images in your mind, because right up to that point, I just thought it was a concept. OK. Or if you ask me to, you know, imagine my future self, which is, you know, one of the coaching tools that we might use, mm-hmm. that it, I just had to come up with some sort of concept of what it was that I might like to be like.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, not that people were actually doing it, not that they were actually imagining, you know, in a guided meditation themselves by a lake or by a beach or somewhere calm. Right. Just that you know what one of those is and therefore can think about it. Okay. And then the kind of the light bulb went on as to why certain coaching tools and and, uh, just did not work Mm. for me. I couldn't get that level of excitement that I couldn't get to the creation of those really long-term goals because I can't see my future.
0: Yeah, yeah, so there's no real connection to them
1: at all. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to do more research, I realised, oh, okay, there's some other conditions that that can link with aphantasia but also can link with other neurodivergencies that I also have. Okay. So one of those is severely deficient autobiographical memory. So not only can I now not see anything into the future, Mm -hmm. but I can't actually access my um, episodic memories, so my life memories. Right. So now I'm not able to see into the future and I can't look backwards. Well, no wonder, you know, I wasn't able to identify patterns of behaviour. I wasn't able to look back and think about and reuse something, a way that had gone really well for me because I can't, can't access those memories right I also have no inner monologue which I didn't even know was a real thing <laughs> I didn't realize people had voices in their heads yeah you know so I think from my perspective there was a bit of a mind-blown moment of sure oh, my god people are actually doing this and then how is anybody getting anything done <laughs> anything sounds in their heads how does that even work
0: all that stuff going around and around <laughs> I mean
1: drive you all nuts. But it was um yeah, it was a it was a kind of a journey of, okay, so that's an avenue I now can't go down, and that's an avenue I know now can't go down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and as you and I've talked about previously, you know, then discovering that there's an element of alexithymia that comes in with this, the inability to really feel our emotions mm-hmm. because I'm not stepping into and reliving
0: mm-hmm.
1: wonderful memories and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that come with emotions or even the not so wonderful memories that come with emotions yeah yeah and so this kind of flattening of of my emotional landscape because I'm not using emotions on a on a very regular basis Mm -hmm. and then the kind of the nail on the coffin or the head (laughs) hitting the nail on the head uh last one was the fact that I can't access any of my internal um senses at all so I have no internal reference of the sense of smell, of, of, of smell memories or taste memories, or so my internal world is pretty much a, a black hole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, lots of coaching methodology is centered around if you want to change the external, you have to work on and change the internal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty tricky to do with somebody who can't actually access their internal.
0: At all no you know
1: with no with no inner monologue how do I know what my limiting beliefs are
0: yeah I like uh, with I don't memory like you said either of your your past there's nothing to inform where you are right now either
1: yeah exactly the only thing that I have from my past are the stories of my past the stories mm. that I tell or that other people tell and one of the things that I'm incredibly blessed by is the fact that my mum tells lots of stories about me as a little girl, and mm. they're all really lovely, funny, cheeky, you know stories about yeah. this precocious girl
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm And I'm so blessed that I have been able to carry those really happy stories with me I, mm. I i hate to think how it would be if the stories that were told were were negative and those were all i had mm. so it's it um it's been
0: quite difficult for you. Yeah, but again. For that, it also sounds a little bit blissful at the same time, doesn't it? You know, I don't really remember. Thing. I don't really know what my emotions <laughs> are. I can just go through life and just be in this space right now, and nothing really seems to. Have well, the... there
1: is that. I am. I am. I am in the moment. Mm. Yeah, I am kind of the epitome of mindfulness, really. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: without live, even trying,
1: and <laughs> live in the moment. Yeah, your brain has not
0: just directed you towards that space.
1: Yeah, because I don't daydream. Because I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I'm very much always in the moment. But what I do have is I have a very uh, a very strong uh, logical mind that, that, you know, wants to work things out. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm quite lucky in is that whilst I can't access my inner monologue, I can access my inner dialogue. Right. So I can have a conversation with myself on purpose yeah. and and do my sort of critical thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. in my head and, and hear that, yeah. that stream of consciousness that that is our subconscious telling us what we think about ourselves and directing us to either take action or not take action that we want to take,
0: Yeah.
1: that there's no access to that for me. Right. So um, you're not
0: driven at all by past experiences. You're very, like you said, very much, I'll figure this out right now and decide what I need to do right now with the evidence that's in front of me right now.
1: Yes and no, because because my brain works exactly the same as everybody else's. So the limiting beliefs are there. Okay. I just I just no, can't no. access them in the right. same way as everybody else. Okay. Not everybody can't else can really explore
0: really, what they are.
1: Yeah, it takes it takes a lot more work no, no. for me to to do that, and for people like me to really explore. Well, what is it where are the barriers why are we creating these barriers whereas for somebody who maybe keeps has that that voice that says we well, you're just you're gonna fail so why yeah, bother yeah. you know there, there's there's the an e, very easy thing there to start working on but for yeah. somebody like me the voice may that that subconscious thought may be there
0: yeah
1: it's just not coming into the stream of consciousness in the same okay. way that it does for 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 people who can hear their they're in a monologue
0: so you kind of I don't know. Do you have to surmise then based on what you're doing and say, OK, there must be something and it is probably something like this because this is what I'm doing?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on. So it depends on the client. Um, and, and for me personally, um, having the ability to access my inner dialogue means that I can ask myself the questions and I can start challenging what I think and and questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I should say that not everybody with aphantasia doesn't have an, in, an inner monologue and not everybody with aphantasia can't access their memories, but most people with aphantasia have SDA, most people with SDAM have aphantasia.
0: SDAM?
1: Yep. Severely deficient autobiographical memory. Right. So there is, so there is a quite a strong link there and, and the link likely because of how we, we recover our memories Okay. Um and and so which is can be through sort of a visual aspect to them. Mm -hmm. So um so we're not we're not not everybody has all of the the five conditions I I do. Quite a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. But there will be there will be people with Afantasia who do access their their inner um inner inner monologue really and who have the voices that don't stop, which again must be incredibly challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um I um yeah, I, uh, somebody asked me the other day if I could take a pill, a bit like Matrix, all right, if, yeah. I, if I could take the red pill and suddenly have access to all of my memories and I could visualize and I could hear that my subconscious thoughts and I could feel all of my emotions, what I want to. Oh, tricky. <laughs> yeah, really tricky, really tricky. Yeah. And I think the answer is no, unless I could switch it off again.
0: Yeah if can, it was like can, you would be just be bombarded left right and center and no completely overwhelmed by yeah
1: yeah i mean i think i i think i'd like to try it mm. but i don't think I, I i think it would be a can i try it before i buy it so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rather than
0: like you said can i can i just switch it off after yeah. five seconds if i don't yeah, like just
1: it? just want to have a peek
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not
1: sure i really want to go you know there for the right. rest of my life i yeah. i but I, then I don't know. I mean, you know, it might be something absolutely amazing. But then I, I do worry about having being able to access all the memories that I've never been able to access before. How weird mm. that might be. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. But also pretty powerful, I would imagine. Um,
0: I would imagine it's definitely very powerful. If, like you said, if you could manage it.
1: Yeah. I mean, every so, to so often. It's a bits Yeah. I, so bearing in mind that I can't visualise Um I am still fairly a, a fairly visual thinker, which sounds a little bit strange. I do I do use language that is that is quite visual, which is very mm-hmm. confusing for people who who have studied NLP that I'm talking in very visual language, and yet I can't visualize.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and um, but and part of that I think is because um, subconsciously I can visualize with the best of them. I I have incredibly vivid dreams. Okay. Um, when I'm falling asleep and I'm in the the the, the gap between awake and asleep, the the um, hypnagogic state, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. visualize at that point. I've been known to have night terrors, which is again, which is like the the oh, coming right. out of the other side when you're half asleep, half half awake. Right. So it, my brain is able to visualize. I just can't access it on purpose, consciously. Okay. And that's what aphantasia is. It's it's not being able to do it on purpose, on demand, and Uh, consciously do it. Consciously, we can do it. And I think that's probably why I use such visual language. Yeah. And so I have a description for what I think my memories are like. And that description is that my my memories are a filing cabinet, one of those big old metal filing cabinets Mm -hmm. that lock.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're all there in files. But it's locked, and I haven't got the key. Right but every so often i pull it just enough for a for a piece of paper to fly out mm-hmm. and i get a flash of something mm-hmm. And it's like oh was that was that a visualization or was that a memory
0: right okay and that's yeah, that's, so, that's, that's that's when you're like awake and conscious and
1: stuff that's not... yeah just every so often i'll be having a conversation with somebody and there'll be this yeah this, oh hang on a spark maybe there was something there what was it and then it's gone but it's so okay. um,
0: I mean, I'm really fascinated with the science behind this because, again, if you've subconsciously can access this stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've been reading over the last couple of years or so uh, around um, how your neurons and stuff are formed in early childhood and things like that. Is Do you think this is a a brain wiring type thing where your brain is, in early childhood has has purposefully – made a disconnect in your mind or is it because if you've got if, it, if it's there subconsciously
1: mm.
0: then the memories are there the experiences are there and they're in the in your mind they're in your brain somewhere but yeah. there's 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 a reason why consciously you're not able to access them
1: yeah i mean the uh the the thinking behind afantasia is that you can be born with it that it can be congenital which i think for me is the case right um because i i don't ever remember being able to visualize and i'm pretty sure that if it if i had lost it i wouldn't know that i'd lost it
0: okay
1: um because the experiences of those people who have lost it is quite different to my experience right um i and others like me who who were born with it have adapted as we've as we've grown because we a we didn't know we weren't doing something mm. um and b we just found other ways to to do things i mean there's some some research um i was starting to read this morning around um that uh, i think it was around uh ordering mentally ordering things and just saying mm. that actually the the Visually, it didn't. It doesn't matter that the people with aphantasia can't visualize the order. We still get there. It just takes us longer. And actually, the people with aphantasia got the order right more often than those who were visualizing. Okay. So, so we have a processing, a way of processing that we've adapted to. Yeah. Um. That in that particular instance, it just takes us a little bit longer. Um. But it's it's. It's something, you know, it's almost like the minute we consciously try to do it and that prefrontal cortex gets involved, the ability to do it is actually gone. When when we're subconscious, prefrontal cortex got nothing to do with it. We can yeah. do it as we yeah. like. And a really, really good example of that is when I um, I've recently been listening to um, uh, some subconscious reprogramming to to try that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the first time I listened to one of them, I realized that um, I was starting to fall asleep, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And I'd gone into that hypnagogic state because I was seeing what what was being talked about. Well, of course, the minute I saw it and my prefrontal cortex clocked it and went, ooh, it's a image. It It went. Yeah. So there is so there is a a, a disconnect yeah. that, that's happening. And I and I know from the um the imaging that's been done, the, the MRI imaging that's been done, that there is parts of the brain for people with aphantasia don't fire up in the way that they do for people who are visualizing when we're talking about trying to visualize. Okay. But but um but for people who are visualizing, um who who aren't visualizing, we're we're very much in the left hemisphere of our brain. It's all very verbal, um, that kind of ties with the, the semantic knowledge of the facts and figures and things like that, that we're, we're really good at, that general knowledge yeah. side of the brain. But there are, there are people who potentially are developing it as a protective measure from trauma.
0: Yeah, that's going to be my kind of next question because again, when they've done the scans of the brain, is it is are they showing that there's no connection there, or are they showing that there's a disconnect there? Um, I I don't know if you can tell the tell if there's something that you can actually tell the difference. Anyway, yeah, I think
1: it's from what from what I've read, it's just that it's just not firing up right in the way that it. there's
0: There's no neuron connection between the two, rather than your brain saying don't want to do this and then shutting that space off
1: yeah I, there's not been any research that that has looked at that as far as I'm aware okay um there's a lot of there's a lot of research happening there wasn't that there wasn't very much hence it only got its name in 2015 and I think that um an which is the silent mind it's called um silent thinking
0: okay
1: that only got its um that was 2021 I think before that got its name alexithymia has been around or alexithymia depending on who you speak to has been around for a for a a long time and and any counsellors listening to this therapists listening to this um will will know potentially about that because it's the figures for people in psychiatric hospitals who have it is fairly high
0: right you'd be surprised actually because actually i'm as i you might know i'm a qualified therapist and we never ever
1: Never touched on it.
0: Never touched on it at all. It was only when I had a client probably about five or six years ago. And it was, a, it was a relationship coaching space. And she was really trying to understand her partner. Yeah. And then she went to me, have you ever heard of this alexithymia thing? So I said, no, I've never heard of that. So we did some, I did some research on it came back. And I said, actually, that describes your husband to, to a, a team. Team, But it's yeah. alexithymia. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. I call it alexithymia. Yeah. That's, how that's that's
0: every everything when I've heard it spoken is it was always alexithymia, and I was calling it alexithymia for a long time. But
1: I've heard other people say alexithymia, so I yeah. would, I would, I think it is one of those. So, for example, I say aphantasia, um, but lots of other people use what I what for me feels like a more American style of aphantasia. Okay, I can't, I mean, I get it because, um, so fantasia, the so there's a fantasia scale, all right, okay. And at the bottom end are the people who can't. So a, right. like atypical a, you know. Yeah. Um, so I get that's why they call it a but it sounds I like the softer, I guess potato phantasia type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the other end of the scale is hyperphantasia, and that's for those people whose visual world is very very rich, can create three D images moving. Um and um, you know, with, with with all of the the senses, sound and taste and okay. touch and, wow. and and all of that. And of course, you go really extreme end and you get maladaptive dreaming, and that's those people who um whose brain suddenly takes them into a dream world and it's and they and it's hard for them to tell which world is the real world. Um and that's that's really quite dangerous because you can yeah, going anywhere and suddenly your yeah. brain sends you into this other realm. Yeah, so,
0: I'm, I'm going to need to read some research about this because I, I, I really want. Would, I mean, just just for my own knowledge, it's just to like, go. Okay, what what is the trigger again for that? Is that so again? I've got um, a client who does that as well and takes themselves out of their reality. Yeah, to lose themselves in this dream state or this this fantasy type state because when they're triggered in reality and their emotions become overwhelming that they can't manage yeah then switch out of life to lose themselves in a world where this doesn't exist and doesn't need to bother them and it's and that's a very interesting
1: yeah
0: and why they do that
1: I said I I think it's a for some people it is a protective measure but for other people I think it's there is a trigger and it happens, and they're not in any control over it. From yeah. from what I understand, I, I remember having a conversation online with um, somebody about it who has maladaptive dreaming, and she said she can be crossing the road, and something triggers her brain to take her into this other other place, mm. um, which is pretty dangerous, yeah. you know, in the middle of the road. If you can That's do fantastic. that, so yeah. I think it. Uh, I, I think maladaptive. Dreaming can be um, psychosis induced for some people, okay. and for others, it's just uh, something that that their brain takes mm. them straight to that kind of vivid dreaming um, okay. area of of the brain. Really, mm. I haven't I haven't looked too much into um too much into that. Yeah, but visualizing is on a scale. Yeah, there are some people who can visualize, but it's black and white. And it's a very flat image, and for others, it's colours, and it's moving, and it's rich, and it's, yeah. you know, and I, and I not not everybody visualizes in the same way.
0: Most no, my, I, I, I we've had a brief brief conversation about my own ability to visualise, and it's not great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah.
0: There's a lot of there's a lot of things that my brain won't go to, uh, but they yeah. kind of I'm a basic visualizer, I would say, where I can do it, but generally I can't connect any emotions to it I can't access a connection where so again when someone says I'll do a vision board or visualize your future or do that as in like you said with a coaching I'm like no it doesn't work for me I need to be a bit more in this moment right now to, to connect to that thing
1: because if I go that way my brain
0: goes well this doesn't really make any sense
1: yeah exactly exactly whereas you know I can have a conversation with my husband about uh, the you know the fact that I can't remember our wedding day mm-hmm. I can remember the stories from our wedding day mm-hmm. but I don't I can't actually step into any of the memories and he can step into the memory of seeing me walk down the aisle and f- hear the, the music that was playing and feel all the feelings that he was feeling
0: you stole all of your stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not fair <laughs> he's got all the stuff that I can't do uh-huh. but it's um yeah he is complete opposite end all right. but it, it's interesting with the with the alexithymia because um so alexithymia is not a neurological thing it's uh, it's it's behavior led and it's often something that um particularly in men that it's it has it's a societal impact it's how they've been been mm-hmm. raised and that's mm-hmm. why it's more men than women who have it um it's about 10 percent of the population have have alexithymia mm-hmm. And um and you I think it's I think it is changing because we don't bring we don't seem to as much bring little boys up to be strong and you know, silent types and little girls to be fun and playful. But that's kind of where it starts for for a lot of men when they're told that they're not supposed to behave in a way that little girls are able to be emotionally free and little boys meant to be in a tight little box and competitive and you know, um, and that's where in, in men, alexithymia can can kind of start, really. Yeah. So like we, we don't show our emotions. We don't talk no. about our emotions. And after a while, we get to the point where we can't even recognize the emotions or actually feel them. Yeah. We, I we feel them, yeah. but we don't, we, you know, we can't, can't really re-
0: describe them or be in them. Or
1: name them or, yeah. Well,
0: I talk about this when I do my uh, attachment workshop. Because alexithymia is, is a more of a severe kind of avoidant type attachment where people have just got used to disassociating with yeah. themselves and how yeah. they feel and what's going on. And therefore, it causes extra problems in relationships because you think they're cold and uncaring and everything like that because... They not only do you, you struggle to know what you're feeling, and then and how do you then understand how someone else is feeling if you don't even know what your own stuff
1: is? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And
0: to be able to understand that space in, in a relationship is is important, and like you said, with the space that, that that you find yourself in. I guess yeah. if you're someone who can completely get that, takes yeah. the time to get that and understands that, it makes much for a much more harmonious tight relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I, w- I was having this conversation with somebody else fairly recently about um, how you know my husband and I didn't always used to, to communicate very well, and we would have arguments over things like uh, you know how we're going to decorate or where we're going to move the furniture around, what it's going you know what it's going to look like, and how oh. we the fact that you know I can sit and say nothing and be perfectly comfortable in the nothing because there's nothing happening in my Uh brain is quiet and therefore I'm comfortable in quiet (laughs) that's for him incredibly frustrating because Mm -hmm. you know he's he he needs us to be verbalizing what's going on and it was only when I discovered that I had these conditions that actually all started to make sense that you know one one of which is quite funny is that often i would be the one who would be go off to buy if we were decorating go off to buy the paint and come back with what he thought was a completely different color
0: right
1: what we'd agreed on and i would be adamant that absolutely it was right what 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 i found um since is that there is some research to suggest that actually people with aphantasia are more likely to get the color right than people who can visualize okay and um I think we know what the color up to is. It. <laughs> yeah I think it's just because we know what the color is
0: yeah.
1: and you're all playing with the color in your head <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it's interesting actually because i've I've had this conversation on lots of different occasions when I've said a color and they're like that's not that that's not that color I mean <laughs> I say like that's a gray color they go no that's like a blue color and I say oh, that's a oh, blue. I do
1: that all the that's time a
0: green color I go no that is definitely <laughs> that is definitely that color and I guess I mean I'm not Color blind in any way but I often think what are you looking at <laughs> because <laughs> that is not what you're saying that color is
1: we had one the other day I can't I think it was like oh I was saying it was like a gray it was like a slatey mm. I wanted to call it like a petroly gray and my husband was like no it's blue I was like but it isn't blue is it <laughs> it's not blue yeah. but that's kind of a, a more visual visual but yeah. um but it's it's interesting with until you until we kind of discovered you know the limitations for how my brain works uh, compared to his in those respects because mm. i don't necessarily feel limited particularly um that it's definitely helped to kind of improve the the communication and now and now instead he'll say oh so I'm thinking about you know or he'll make a joke about it and say something along the lines of "Well, what we could do is this can you see that no of course you can't (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing it in my head (laughs) like stop it (laughs) let me draw it for you (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and that yeah perfect if you think the sofa's going to go somewhere else just put me put me physically put me in the room where you think how you (laughs) think it's going to be and let me walk walk around the space and that's a
0: great good thing about online now where you go to buy something online and it says put this in your room and then you can just move it around it's brilliant the camera in front of it and it puts it in the room for you oh yeah i can see what that looks like now
1: (laughs) it's brilliant i can't
0: visualize it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i love everything like that little 3d models of things that i can 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 work it out but it's i i i know from conversations that i've had with other people that they're having these very similar conversations these very singular uh, similar arguments and um that there are people who you know are feeling like their partner is uh uncaring and oh. you know that doesn't understand them and then i and then i'll have a conversation with them and say do they ever do you know say this or act like this or uh, and then we kind of get to the point that maybe they're not communicating with you in the same way because actually their brain's not working in the same way that your your yeah. brain is working. Yeah. I mean, I um, think
0: this is fascinating stuff. And I think like it's it's so important that we know who we who we are in a relationship with and how they function and being able to communicate that. Okay, what can we, how do we communicate in a way which means that we can communicate healthily and and successfully based on the fact that our our minds our experiences everything else works in a completely different way yeah how i see things is not even if we don't have any kind of condition or whatever it might be it's we all see things in a different way anyway
1: absolutely and absolutely. especially
0: when it comes to something like a fantasia, it's like okay i need to understand so that we can communicate and and obviously you need to understand if i you especially if i'm hypervisual um yeah. you know what what i'm doing as well it's, it's it is stuff that actually opening up that dialogue and getting to know each other and everything like that is so important. Otherwise we just sort of drift. But I mean, you, you've done amazingly well, I guess, in your relationship with your husband that you only found out about this a few years ago.
1: Yeah. I only found out in 2015 and, and then it, and then it took a long while for me to put all the pieces together mm-hmm. of, of where like some of the challenges for me were, and there were some of the challenges for our relationship when we were communicating were. And, yeah. um, so there there will be people who potentially are listening to this and thinking hang on a minute that might be me yeah and it might everything might start all falling into place i I just wanted to pick up on one thing that's that can be quite challenging when it comes to having the memory disorder yeah um so it was interesting i think it was um, Endel Tulving in 1972. He uh, was a, a psychologist who said that um, he thought that there were going to be perfectly healthy people who couldn't access their episodic memories; that they had nothing wrong with their brains. And but he had never met one.
0: Right.
1: Um, of course, we were there. We were out there. We just didn't know we were out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things about memories in relationships is that you have your shared memories,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there will be those times that are very important and um one of the potential issues for somebody who has um sdam is that not being able to access the, that memory and not being able to even remember it at all which can be the you know i can i can sometimes do a vague i think i remember that i mean obviously i remember the day i got married i know where i got married I know what happened at my wedding. I know all of all of the, you know, I just can't step into any of the memories and recall the memory. I'm just recalling the facts and the stories. Yeah. But and my husband understands that. But if I was with a partner who didn't understand that I couldn't remember some of the most important moments from our life.
0: Uh-huh
1: and didn't know why i couldn't remember most of the of the most important they they might they may could feel may could that was really good english wasn't it they potentially might feel that i don't care enough to remember yeah most definitely. and i think that's that's for a relationship that's that's a fairly challenging one
0: yeah
1: um and uh so you know my husband and i every holiday when we when we stay um we have a, um, a, a beach hut that we go to every year. And on the last day, we take the same photograph every year.
0: Okay. and so
1: I can look through all the photographs every year. Yeah And we have little things that we do like that. Yeah. We take lots of lots of photographs. He takes lots of photographs, lots of videos. So I've always got those things to help me to, to create an image, paint a picture. Mm-hmm. Of the missing bits from yeah, my yeah. memory, right, but we didn't used to do that mm. when I didn't know I wasn't accessing our memories, I didn't take anywhere near as many photographs or videos as I do now mm. um, and the other thing for me, of course, is video is really important because I can't recreate the sound of somebody's voice in my head. Right. Not only can I never see their face again, but I can't okay. hear their voice again if they once they leave my life. Mm um and so it, you know you have that that for me this very real thing that people gradually fade from my life completely if i haven't seen them for for a long time mm. and and even that can be ch- quite challenging in relationships when you when you forget people yeah
0: i mean <laughs> you, you you mentioned a story about someone you were obsessed with when you were in your 20s or something which <laughs> which is quite a humorous story but again to kind of link Links to links to what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I was absolutely obsessed with this guy. Uh um in hindsight, I've no idea why. But anyway, <laughs> there, there must have been a reason. I don't
0: know why, but yes. I don't know why. I feel I feel like that about some of the relationships and I don't know that.
1: <laughs> and I um yeah, oh my god, I was head over heels and um uh, but he chose somebody else. And that was that. Mm-hmm. where he kind of messed me about a bit and then chose somebody else. So he right. sent me slightly nuts for a while, you know. Yeah, as he can. Yeah. And then, and the only reason I remember this now is because there is a story now to this. And right. like I said to you, I remember stories. Mm-hmm. So then I'm out on my birthday uh, with a group of friends and I'm on the dance floor and this guy comes up and he's kind of dancing with me uh, and trying to talk to me. And I'm like, who I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Married, not interested, kind of thing. And he said, "You do know who I am?" And I went, "I'm sorry, I don't, I, I, don't know who you are." Yeah. Oh my god, he got so mad wow. at the fact that he didn't believe that I didn't know who he was, but I didn't have a clue who he was. <laughs> Left the dance floor, he said to my smash. friend, <laughs> yeah, it's "Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not. Whatever you're selling, I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, I don't know who you are. Really, not interested." um left the dance floor went over to my friend and said the bloke was being a right pain she went you do know who that was don't you <laughs> I said, no, no who was it and it was this guy yeah. it's like oh karma
0: yeah revenge <laughs> served very very sweetly
1: <laughs> what was funny was at the time all i could think was well you know I must have left a mark if he remembered me, but I didn't remember him. And because that was before I knew that I had right. this memory disorder. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, you know, clearly I was important in his life. Probably I wasn't. He just remembered me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember him at all. <laughs> and and it happens a lot. Mm. Now I realize it happens a lot. And so I am quite confident now saying to somebody, I'm ever so sorry, I've got this. This memory disorder that means I, I often forget people completely. Yeah, and I think I recognise your face, but I'm not sure. Have we met? Can you tell mm. me how you know me? Where did we meet? You know, of course it's quite embarrassing if they, you know, say, "Well, we did. We worked together for 17 years, or something like that." I'm like, "Okay."
0: Yeah. Or if you meet someone as a right wind up and just tells you this completely other story, <laughs> which I I, I would probably be quite tempted to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thankfully, I've got enough friends that I've been friends with yeah. since... Is this guy kind of telling
0: me the truth? Good but they'll,
1: but they'll <laughs> be <there>. <laughs> they can probably corroborate most of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, yeah, that did feel like karma yeah. because until, you know, until I knew that actually it's just because I don't, I don't just that part of my life is no longer accessible in my yeah. brain. It still feels yeah. like karma anyway. <laughs> Something,
0: oh, great. something you know maybe he deserved for, <laughs> for the way for the way he treated you <laughs> uh thank you so much for your for your time it's been absolutely fascinating <laughs> okay. um we haven't really even got to what you do with the coaches and stuff like that but <laughs> the, the, the conversation's been amazing um if people do want to reach out and find out a bit more about what you do um, yeah how can how can they get in touch
1: So, you can find me on Instagram. I'm the Afantasia Coaching Academy on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Facebook, it's Sassy Smith, the Afantasia Academy. Um, You can email me hello at afantasiacoach.com. Um, slightly confusing. I'm the Aphantasia Coaching Academy when I teach coaches, but I do coach people who have these conditions. Yeah. Uh, so, so, also the Aphantasia yeah, coach. Sure <laughs> you is, just I Google know. Aphantasia coach. I'm the Can only one there. Who...
0: <laughs> <laughs> So your website is aphantasiacoach.com. Yeah. And um, and you, and you just like you said you run co- courses for coaches and you also help people to understand their own space yeah. if they've got one of these conditions. Yes. Um, do you have a a favorite quote or words of wisdom to to leave the the listeners with?
1: Well, I'd like to leave you with all something to think about. Okay. So um what I'd like to do is a uh, little experiment. So just for a moment, I'd like you to imagine that there is a ball on a table mm-hmm. and that somebody has just pushed that ball and now i'm going to ask you a couple of questions okay first one is what color was the ball blue second one was what what size was that ball uh slightly
0: bigger than a tennis ball okay like a and what, type of material i would say
1: okay and what was the table made of
0: uh i think because i am actually sitting at a desk here it was kind of white kind of Like the table and desk I'm sitting at, like a white kind of... melanine side type table, yeah.
1: And who pushed the ball?
0: I don't know. It was just an arm that kind of came out and pushed the ball.
1: And what what happened to it? What happened to the ball?
0: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't get that far. (laughs) It just kind of moved.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the reason I ask you all those questions is that the fact that you were able to say what the color of the ball was, what you were able to provide some detail,
0: mm-hmm.
1: suggests that you you were visualizing whatever your range of visualizing was that you were visualizing at that point. Because if you were to ask me those questions, yeah. I wouldn't have an answer for you, because all I could tell you is that I know what a ball is. I know what a table is and I know what the concept of pushing a ball off a table is. OK, OK and so it's it's an interesting one it'd be really interesting if people listening can put their answers in the comments so that we can see if anybody who listens to this is sitting here thinking i don't know i didn't see a ball on a table i've no idea what color it was yeah
0: or even if they are opposite and they've got this made up yeah. this massive this huge story about this board. yeah and
1: absolutely
0: Was and stuff like that too
1: yeah absolutely it's yeah. um it's an interesting one it's a uh, uh, lots of people often see the the visualization of a, a you know think of an, a red star on a on a black background and you may have seen that one online um, when you look up Aphantasia, it often appears but actually this is a much better way of gauging if somebody is visualizing or not
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because the relevant there is no relevance to the color of the ball for me no because I can't see it it's just the ball. It's just a spear. Just... Okay. <laughs> it's not even a ball. It's just a round thing. <laughs> I just know there was a ball and I yeah. know what a table is and somebody's just pushed it. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So if you um, wherever you're listening to this right now, if you've got the link from any of my socials or f- from Sassy or ever, anything else, uh, please do come back to where you where you got the link from. If there's any ability to stick a comment in, um, please do. Please do come back and tell us what you saw, whether you did, whether you saw anything at all um and again that might inform whether you want to reach out and speak to sassy too and and learn more a little bit about or a lot more about um what might be going on for you yeah always
1: happy to, yeah. uh, to talk Thank to anybody you. who's got any questions
0: yeah awesome yeah do reach out i mean so it is you know like i said when i first found out about alexa Lexathemia, Lexathymia, I, I was like well fascinated that this actually yeah. existed um and and again when i first sort of saw you heard you speak i thought wow this is this is just something that i need to know about um especially in my own relationships but uh, you know working with clients and stuff if they come to me um and it's it makes it so much easier to to kind of work with people and help them to move forward uh, thank you sassy it's been amazing talking to you um and i'll speak to you again soon
1: my pleasure thanks for having me bye-bye
0: thank you for listening Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.